Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dormush. I am your host for episode 580 of Beyond, our weekly PlayStation show here at IGN. Before we begin, we have a really big announcement that I want to tell you all about. Beyond fans, starting in two weeks, Beyond is going to be moving to being audio only. I know, I know, that's a big shocker since most of you already listen to the show as it is in audio. But for those who actually have been watching us, first of all, thank you so much for doing that. You will have to, though, start getting used to listening to our voices and guessing what we look like, just like everyone else has for years. I know that the Beyond I fell in love with was an audio podcast, so we're excited to focus on the show in just one format and make it the best audio show it can be. You'll still be able to listen to it on all the platforms you're used to, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, etc., and many others, including YouTube. Yes, you won't be able to actually see us in future episodes, but the audio versions will still be posted there to YouTube for you to listen to. On the other side of this, IGN is collectively working on a host of new shows that we're all pretty excited about. So please stick around, we're still here, and I'm incredibly excited for the future of the show, and I hope you are too. Now let's actually do this thing. Beyond. I am joined. That was beyond. a clean read. Nicely yeah, done. Thank really you. Great. Yeah. I am joined. That was all off the top of my head. Wow, I'm joined impressive. this week by Brian Altano. Hello. Max Scoville. Good day to you, sir. And on his final episode of Beyond as an IGN member, Andrew Goldfarb. Boo. Beyond sucks. And Kidnap him. Make him stay. Don't, please don't go. Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, if you're watching Ooh. the video show, as you can for this week and next week. I wonder week, why they're great. stopping that idea. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, coinciding with Andrew's leave, you can uh, take down a... Draco Malfoy. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Andrew, to give people some backstory, you've been at IGN twice. Yeah. Uh, and mm. the first time was three years? I was here for three years. I took a year off, and now I've been here for just under four. Mm. And in that middle time, you were an intern page at NBC? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was time. my 10-year <laughs> challenge. So this is... Uh, that was our holiday party versus when I was a page. This is uh, me really drunk at, uh, I think, Nate Ahern's house with oh, yeah. Brandon and Greg. Uh, that's a really long time ago. The good old times. Look at how just not. Oh, yeah. There's, There's a weird thing that happens yeah. in like 2012 where nobody looks good in pictures. Yeah. 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 Like no one. I don't it, know what happened. It's on the eve of like early iPhone. What is this? <laughs> that's, where I, did you meet such a big pumpkin? Uh, that was in LA. And I had a shirt that said, actually, when I posted this, you responded to it and said, did you get hacked? Which was my favorite <laughs> response. Don't body, don't body shame that pumpkin. <laughs> we that always, is a big, beautiful there pumpkin. There you are with my dog. Peppers. Peppers. Yeah. God, that's a good picture. Yeah, you, I was like, saying yeah. you should send that to relatives. They'd be like, did he get a dog? And you'd be like, <laughs> no. where's, the rest of, where's the rest of your tree? <laughs> what do you mean? It's missing like a shelf in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it was on sale. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Andrew, so your first episode uh. was 221 of Beyond. Wow. Wow. I looked it up. That was January 5th, 2012. Wow. That is crazy. Really? So that's probably right after Christmas break. Right yeah, one, of the, back. Yeah. one of the topics discussed was uh, the Vita isn't selling well in Japan, but we're sure it's going to be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look where right. we are now. That, that take aged well. Yeah. Man, that's weird. That's uh, 360 episodes ago. How yeah, that's been possible? a long time. We don't say that number on this show. This is a PlayStation show. We're interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy that it's been longer between then and now than it had been since when the, the show, show started began. to then. Yeah. Right. That's weird. Because like when I li- I was a fan when I started listening. Yeah. Um, man, that's you, weird. You attended episode 200? Or? I did. I okay. flew. Uh, I was about to move to San Francisco. So I was out here um, looking at apartments. And then I went to, um, I mean, that was obviously the reason I came out was for Beyond. But then while I was here, I looked at apartments and stuff. And what did, what did you start out as when you first started at IGN? Well, way, way at the beginning, I was a freelancer for Strategy Guides when Mark Ryan used to run it uh, before Sam, who runs Guides now. Um, so I did, uh, God, it's like hard to even remember. I did the Dissidia 
games on PSP. Oh, yeah. I did the guides for those. For Lego Pirates was, I think, the last one I did. Uh, and then I transitioned from guides into news. Um, I'd like early summer, I guess, that year. Um, and then like end of July, I moved out to San Francisco. And I think my first time in the office was either last week of July or first week of August of 2011. Mm-hmm. And then you left. The rest for a is bit. history. <laughs> yeah, you left, left a little bit in 2014, or was it? 15? Yeah, 2014. I left um, sometime at the beginning of the year, and then um, I was gone for just barely over a year, um, and I came back in May of 2015. So, were you here for PSN is down, and did you just miss? I think that? I just was after that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just trying to I'm, li- I'm trying to line up the timeline with the PlayStation was, timeline. With the PlayStation timeline. Um, I mean, I was here for like all the rumors leading up, like all the stuff leading up to the PS4 announcement, all of Orbis, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote. I actually, love my Orbis. I don't know about you. Yeah, same. <laughs> I wrote the article for uh, the, like the PS4 being announced, which is weird. Right. I keep finding articles. We keep talking about stuff, yeah. and we're going back, and I find stuff that I wrote, and I have zero recollection of writing. Isn't that for, weird? There's stuff that seems like it's the end of the world, and then you're like, what was that? <sighs> yeah. Don't even remember that actually being part of my job. But yeah. yeah, so then you've been back since, was it 2015? May of 2015. Okay. Yeah. And you've been my boss since middle of 2016. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you're free. I'm free now. I can yeah. Do, yeah. Can do literally <laughs> The site's just going to be Gilmore Girls and Kingdom Hearts news. Great. Right. Like wine drunk at work. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. <laughs> Doing Sudokus at your desk. I don't, <laughs> sounds I don't know what, wonderful. I don't know what you like to do. I do really. love Sudoku. <laughs> Gilmore so that Girls is great. good, though. Yeah. It's yeah. a real good show. Yeah. But that's back. <laughs> <laughs> um, there you are visiting Stars Hollow setting of Gilmore Girls. Yeah, thank you so much. We're doing a really great job uh, ingratiating people to the audio only yes, style of this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Well, they'll get used to it in a couple of weeks again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like obviously you were saying it's been longer since you started from the show than when the show started from your first episode. Like yeah. how how has your time not just with Beyond but IGN in general been? Uh, it's you know now I'm like. I've been promoted high enough that I just am in meetings all the time. So it's really <laughs> weird thinking back to when I was like writing, you know, 20 news stories in a day. Cause when I started, like there was really no structure for what news was here basically at all. So when I came, I in, was I managing, was like, I was managing Andrew and news. So uh, those well, yeah, things coincide. After, yeah. Well, at first it was Colin Campbell and then That's Colin right. uh, switched roles in like 2012. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like after about a year you took over, you ran news and features at the same time. Yeah. Uh, whoever designed that was not smart yeah that just seems like bad writing like that you were at one point were goldfarb's manager yeah yeah Yeah, it's really it's uh it's weird thinking of that because yeah i sat next to you well i sat across from you at my first desk yeah and then well i sat actually first i sat next to justin davis across from rich and audrey Mm -hmm. then i moved and sat uh across from you and jack and then eventually we moved. It was you, me, and Fran all in a row. And you guys had a sign that said Little Italy. Yeah. It was really sad. <laughs> uh, no, I managed you and Clements. Yeah. And it was like a fun little team. We just we knocked out cool features every single day. That was probably – that was kind of the golden era for me because we would come in. Thanks. Uh, we had uh, – no, I mean, I'm you're just, great. You're kidding. But it was, it was just so – like the rhythm was really good because we – that was when you were also free enough that you could like actually like like quickly Photoshop something and just like – have a quick, easy morning, like of just being creative. So, like, we would sit there, hear the big stories. Like, I would bang out whatever the basic news story was, and then help you start doing some research. While Clements did like a follow-up feature about like what does this mean, or like like you know what is the history of this, blah blah blah. And then you would just make like these cool like infographics because back then we were not even experimenting with news video yet, really. Yeah, like, we video was essentially the daily fix, and video reviews were what we had started, yep. and so. 
you you know at the time like we really leaned into like heavy photoshop stuff heavy infographic stuff yeah because stuff like that would get spread around well but it's like I, I don't know what i always loved about you was you really understood the big picture shit but you're also really like head down on like cool indies and like you were the kind of guy that and still are would sort of like meticulously obsessively play a game until you unlocked everything you're a hundred percenter you're like yeah. a platinum trophy guy and like you you got playstation you still get playstation like it's one of those things where you were to me synonymous with the knowledge around that when i had a question about anything regarding that universe i would you and i didn't know it myself or i was wasn't immediately answered by those around me i came right to you because you knew your shit it was great yeah, it's it's it was weird coming into because um, the only reason I know anything about PlayStation is listening to Beyond and yeah. like, really getting into. It. I mean, obviously, like I, I grew up with a loving the brand, but it's like it, it is weird. I don't think I got into like understanding like studio culture and understanding um, kind of like uh, who Sony owned, who they didn't, and really paying attention to like what was happening with PlayStation as kind of an ecosystem until I really got into IGN. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, of course, coming up under Greg and Colin, knowing as much as they did, like I, I very quickly was able to get kind of the nitty gritty of like, like, who are these studios? What do they make? Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have met a lot of the people, you know, working at these places. So yeah, even yeah. when they were junior and they're senior now. Yeah, and the interesting thing about like the structure back then was we had specific teams dedicated to those things, and that's why the the podcast started out even to begin with. And it was cool yeah. to sort of like I don't know, we all kind of gravitated towards beats, and I think people like you and me kind of hovered around a bunch of things at once. But well, that's we always came here, team. you know. We we our team was like floating between. Uh, there was the Xbox team, Nintendo team, uh, PC team, yep. uh, and and the Sony team, and and we were able to just kind of mm-hmm. float, and it was cool. Um, I think I got those four wrong: Xbox, PC, Nintendo. You got close enough. Yeah, I did. It, I you're it. leaving in a few days. Uh, it but matter. it is weird thinking of that era versus now, because since I came back, you know, like you you started yeah. in my off year. Uh, <laughs> this podcast into the ground. No, I mean, but <laughs> I don't think that's true. Like, I think that like you guys, I, I think we're in a really tough spot inheriting beyond because i think uh you know when the kind of funny exodus happened and then you guys kind of had uh obviously greg's two shows for lack of a better word like not only his but it's like you kind of came in and had to pick up the mantle of these two shows i got a great feature going up it's my top 25 inferiority complexes <laughs> yeah. I, don't I don't know like i it's well been, no, having, you, having you back was awesome because yeah. like you were like you had your feet in the the earlier days of beyond like you were kind of a like a returning, like a bridge. returning character yeah, yeah. it's like i mean we've always gotten along um and it's it was cool to have you back on and it was yep. like hey look we've got it's he's one of the re- the real ones he's <laughs> he's got the well, passion. It, it's like i don't like it's ign's only been around for you know 20 something years but i i feel like it's a lot like something like snl or like a baseball team um baseball players come back to baseball teams less often because there's like your body deteriorates over time but uh with with the entertainment industry it's, it's a little different than that and i think that like ultimately a place like ign is like everybody has the era they started watching it and the same yeah. thing with something like snl right where you're like oh this like my era is like the old caddyshack era or it's like the um you know like the, the adam sandler era or like yeah the the will ferrell era whatever it is or maybe you're into stuff now um and like that always comes and goes and i think like when greg and colin left and uh, that was like that was like the first time they were like, hey, it's like the new season of SNL. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I think there's a cadence to understanding that like Beyond will hopefully live outlive all of us, right? Like it'll be the kind of thing where there'll always be somebody being like, PlayStation is awesome. Let's talk about it. So. Yeah, and I think it's it's like a really weird – Beyond, but also just IGN as a whole. Like Justin pointed out to me that like my time here is a third of IGN as a whole, yeah. which is 
weird and crazy. And it is just, I don't know, like it, it's been great. Like you're one of my closest friends now, and it's weird that I didn't even know you, what, yeah. five years ago? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's so bizarre. We had that, that weird thing where like yeah. I, no, I knew you. Never, never meet him. What are you doing? What's that? No, What's don't it? worry about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, say nice to you. That's fine. Um, no, On I Friday, don't know. he's I, dead. I don't give. I remember seeing you when you were when you were at 2K and, and like going up to you and like I don't know we 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 were always like we had mutual friends but we right. weren't like fully friends yet. I'd go up to you and be like, so how's uh when when you do Duke Nukem Forever two or yeah. something? <laughs> yep. You'd be like, yeah, anyway, I'm gonna go back to work. You now. actually I'd be like anyway. You yelled that at me on an escalator at a PAX. I did yeah. it at several events. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, I had a whole press tour for shouting that at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, it's like it's amazing with you because I remember. Why, why are you my yeah. friend? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. You you were the one who reminded me that we actually met also when I was a Gearbox at, at a PAX, PAX East. Th- yeah, PAX yeah. East. Yeah. And then, but I remember like you you were really good about uh, when you were at NYU, like featuring stuff that we talked about. You you worked for the paper. Yeah. And you would often like reach out to us and be like, hey, we're, we're doing a segment on this. Or, yeah, like, I, I was uh, the editor at our school newspaper and we had uh, page two, which essentially was whatever we wanted it to be every day. Celebrity and gossip. Basically. And so there was like <laughs> mul- multiple weeks. It would be like staff <laughs> suggestions and things. And like s- half the staff never wanted to do it because it was like an extra load of work. Right. And while I was waiting for stories to be edited so I could take a look at the full paper, I was like, I'm just going to do one about IGN podcasts this week yep. or like there was one week where i just like featured the comedy button and like three ign shows i'm like who cares like radio the newspaper yeah. <laughs> yeah. i was like you should go listen to this not on this page but like in your earphones what happens when a stoppable force meets a very movable object <laughs> <laughs> uh but no, yeah I, I, I had met you back at that pax and then yeah. you emailed me early 2016 yeah I remember you interviewing you too. You you had a really a you had one of the best job interviews I've ever been in on. Oh, thank you. Because you just like well, you just knew IGN really well, and you knew what we wanted. Like it, it was a really easy interview because I felt like a lot of other people we talked to, even if they had more experience, they were kind of speaking to a different audience. I mm-hmm. felt like, especially with their samples, but I feel like you like you. I clicked with you really quick. Well, thank mm-hmm. you. For that. I, I've loved working with you for the past almost three years now. I'm very sad to see you go, but very happy to have had this time with you. Remember yeah. that time you remember that time you ate an apple on Podcast Beyond? Yep. <laughs> and Panda Musk animated it. That's still on YouTube yeah, somewhere. That's, yeah. Go find that. That is yeah. a horrible, horrible. Just search Andrew Goldfarb Apple ASMR. Yeah. How did you think that was okay? Uh, we ate I an entire know. fucking ham, dude. <laughs> yeah. We we used to record. Uh, Hell yeah! Look at that motorcycle. Wow. <laughs> it's Captain. He's Mike going the speed limit. <laughs> Classic Goldfarb. We, uh, <laughs> That was when we recorded in what is now the Columbia Conference Room. Right. Uh, and I don't know. It was like podcasts were like a really quick thing in between lunch back then. That was mm-hmm. my lunch that day. Sometimes You'll always be remembered. on the show. Kept the doctor away, though. And thank you. Anyway, uh, Andrew, thank you so much for everything you've done for IGN for Beyond. And we're excited to see what you do next. You can't talk about it just yet, right? Yeah, I think uh, the Monday after this goes up. I'll okay, cool. It publicly. It's oh. going gonna, gonna to be cool, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excited to see what I you hope do. so. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you like apples because he's going to an orchard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can we just really quick acknowledge that, like, when people leave IGN, it's not necessarily because IGN is going downhill or falling apart. Like, it's a misconception. I see that in comments a lot. It's like, no, people move on, dude. So, Chloe and Finnegan and I all announced within like a week of each other, Mm -hmm. and then immediately conspiracy theories were rolling in. I do love uh, anyone who speculated that three of us were doing anything related to each other, because that would be the the most mismatched. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. (laughs) The three of you would make a great ladder to reach those high apples. (laughs) 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 
yeah. CAS, your new YouTube channel. Oh. Chloe, Andrew, and Sean. Uh, <laughs> but no, Andrew, thank you so much. I'm excited to have you on mm-hmm. for this final episode. And of course, Thanks, I, hope you, yeah. I hope you're able to come back at some point. Can we see that picture of the pumpkin once more? Yeah, let's do the pumpkin shot. Yeah, there it is. Beautiful. Look at that, that was, fucking pumpkin. Sorry, I keep no, hustling. That, was, so good. Yeah, that was really good. So that <laughs> is... <just> <laughs> Look did you that. fit in it? Did a, you go in it? Yeah, I, l- I love that pumpkin. Did you bring it home? That was my first apartment in San Francisco. That really? live action Charlie Brown movie is coming along really well. Yeah, here. I love it. It cost you thirty two hundred a month. I assume. You, you bought me a, uh, I think a Charlie we, Brown shirt. We've bought you Charlie Brown shirts several times, <laughs> yeah. and you don't wear them because it's mean that we buy them for you. <laughs> but you're a Charlie Brown ass dude. That's why we keep buying <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's cool. Get right, hit bye, with footballs and shit like that. You wore that Texas shirt that you had to get because a baby threw up on you on a plane, but <laughs> you wore the, the Charlie Brown here. shirt. Yeah. Yep. That's the funniest thing to me, that baby that threw up on you, but you had to wear that T-shirt that looked like laundry day. <laughs> on the day you moved here? <laughs> yeah, that was the day I flew here. I, can, I, uh, wait, can I tell a really funny story real quick? Please. Yeah. One of my favorite stories ever with you was that you and me flew to Germany together, <laughs> yeah. and we you, you were like flying so much that year, and they offered to bump you up to like first class or some shit, and you were like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang here with Brian. And we're going to be friends. We're going to just get drunk on this flight. It's going to be amazing. And so you and me didn't sleep at all. We stayed up for like a 12-hour flight trying to drink the whole time. But uh, all the other IGN guys on the plane stood by the bar at the they back of the They drank them out they, of vodka. They drank all the booze. I went yeah, to order a Bloody God. Mary, and the lady was like, do you want me to make it with white wine? I was like, what the hell is wrong with you? I want tomato juice and white wine. What kind of crazy-ass yeah. airplane is this? So – at one point, you're like, I'm exhausted. I'm going to put my seat back. And you went to go put your seat back. And the guy behind you put his feet up on the chair. And he's like, no, no. And he was kicking your chair up. And then the guy in front of you put his seat back. So you were stuck in this triangle between the guy in front of you who had his seat all the way reclined and the guy behind you who was literally adult man kicking he had his legs up in the air kicking your chair yep. and you were just sandwiched in the small triangle for like literally 12 hours yeah, yeah. and uh, and, 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 we, and there was no alcohol you, i would have like kicked that man's ass that yeah. little tiny mm-hmm. like i how many you know how many i'm a gigantic man and there's so many flights where i get stuck on where somebody in front of me is like well it's been a long day i want to kick the seat back and just yep. crush my knees and i'm like well i'm gonna have surgery when i get off the plane. <laughs> and i've never been like oh well screw that guy i mean i hate him but yeah. like i'm never gonna put my feet up and be like how dare you it's like yep. it's designed to go back yeah they like literally feet up in the air like no yeah <laughs> it's screaming like a little man i'm glad that small man child could leave you with such beautiful memories i completely <laughs> forgot about that yeah well you days. won't be forgotten here at Beyond and IGN. Thank you, Andrew. That's right. all you've done. Yeah. You're not dead. Oh, We're going to hang a small forgotten. apple from the rafters. If you look very carefully, there's all ants. sorts of holiday apples hanging from that tree. There's a photo the of Easter me uh, over by the editorial pit that Panda Muster that's probably just going to Oh, yeah. There. That's still there. Yeah, yeah. I like that. We can have that hang here in oh. the halls of Beyond for the one more right, week right. of video show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us for this week. And yeah, I thought of, of no better way to have you on for the final show than to talk about a game you haven't had time to yeah, play. I was just going to say, whoever doesn't know me is like, wow, that was a 15-minute waste yeah. about some dude. Well, now um, we're going well, they alphabetically. They don't have the PlayStation passion. Yeah, that's true. We're going alphabetically down the list from A&D to A&T to talk about Anthem this week. It's the only thing alphabetically that would make sense here. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, Anthem is now finally out on PlayStation 4 after those 17 other releases on Xbox One and PC and uh-huh. maybe your phone. I don't know at this point. Um, Brian, Max, and I have all had a chance to play Anthem. Uh, before I go into my thoughts about it, Brian and Max, I wanted to know, how are you guys feeling about it and how much have you played, just to give people a sense? Because uh, James Duggan, our reviewer, has played about 40 hours or so of this game before his review went live. So I think we're coming from it from a slightly earlier standpoint yeah i think we can still talk about the i have not played 40 hours of this game 
uh, I did. I mean, I did this this preview event or this not preview event. This it was a preview event, and then it was a sponsored shoot thing that I was playing the demo with a bunch of other people, and yeah. it was all sort of like a canned thing. And I'm now at the point where I'm on my own file replaying all the crap that I did before. Yeah. So it's that deja vu and being like, I hate this part where I have to do this thing again, and it's still very introductory. Um, I've said this a bunch of times. I don't think it's ready yet. I don't. I'm. I want to wait and see what happens. I, I think we're at a point with games where you have to be like, should I play it now? Not yet. I mean, like Fallout seventy six had a cartoonishly disastrous <laughs> launch, and they just announced sort of the roadmap for where that game is going. Right. I'm very curious to see what that game looks like if they do in fact continue to support it and kind of funnel the money that's going into it back into it um, to actually develop it and, and add to it and fix it and keep things going. But like you look at something like GTA Online, which when that first launched, if you would review that kind of on its own as what is this and then look at it a year, two, three years later afterwards, it's a constantly growing and transforming game. And Anthem's the same way. So for us to, but there's no, there's no base game there, you know? Yeah. Right. I, I, yeah. I feel like it's, it's so much easier to talk about a game like Fallout 76 because you can go, this is broken or this is uh, a lie. Yeah. You know, it's, also, it's built on Fallout. So yeah. there's an expectation there. Yeah. It's totally a new thing. I mean, then you look at something like No Man's Sky where you're like, okay, you made all of these promises, which actually like people are actually starting to dig up with Anthem where they're like, you said it would do this and this and this about like make your own story and like the world will bend around your own narrative. None of that's really there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a tougher game to talk about because it's a 6.5. It's a Gerard Butler movie. Like it's not. <laughs> no, oh, no, that's fair. Like, yeah, like I the one where he fights the weather. Yeah, like something like right. Geostor- or it's it's like it's White House Stormy actually. Yeah. White House <gasps> Down or whatever. Where you're like, this is not a bad movie. This is not a great movie. But I don't like everything I played so far. I was like, this is what this was the this is what you brought to the table for like your big new triple A game that's going to have a ten year life cycle. Like I, I the, the opening hours of this game. Uh, I don't do I don't think do anything to really entice anyone that this is a a world worth caring about that this is characters you should connect with um that this is like a like the first few hours of this game like literally are fighting incredibly generic mid 2000s video game I would and I would love to do a trivia contest of is it Anthem or Destiny yeah and like pull the names of the enemies and the items and be like which one is it from and then like the world itself is like I like I think the premise of like there are a bunch of gods and then they leave and they leave behind their their tools and their weapons uh, and they abandon this world of what happens from there. I think that's like a really fascinating writing prompt, right? In terms of the actual deliverables here, like I think like the voice acting is interesting. I think some of the art direction is really cool, uh, but I think ultimately this does not gel. Like this is a game that for the first few hours you are collecting orbs and lighting up nodes and you're fighting like ice wolves and it's just there's i don't know what happened here well like, so the story i'm thing, not mad at it, it i don't hate it i just the story thing is so antithetical to what this is right like what's the story of a great chat room like what's your favorite story in facebook right like, there's none of those things are sort of it, it's it's a space for people to coexist and you see something like gta 5 or red dead where they build the world they build the ecosystem and they put both the online component and the story in it like if they'd taken Anthem's sort of sandbox and they'd built from the ground up like a cohesive single player experience at the same time developing a huge sprawling you know multiplayer experience 
that would be really interesting. Right. Yeah. And you know, maybe the the stuff the story decisions would have informed the multiplayer, but I feel like it was probably the other way around where they kind of have to just have something for everyone. It doesn't feel like it's doing anything great right now, and all I keep hearing from everyone is like let's give it 6 months, let's give it a year. But if we all walk away from this for a year, they won't update it in a year. And so like a couple people, and I know some of you are out there probably mad at me right now, but a couple of people are going to have to get head down on this one and just keep playing and playing and playing and, you know, be the whales to the guppies, as they say. I mean, we saw that Fallout 76 roadmap got tweeted out the mm-hmm. other day. Yeah. And they're like, we're making content for those people. Guess what? There are people playing four hours a day on average right now. So there are obviously, this game will find an audience. It will be big. Oh, right 100%. now, it's sounding like the launch is softer than, say, Destiny, Destiny 2, or The Division. Um, that does not bode well for the big triple a franchise from a, a, a giant studio like this but what's here right now i don't i don't think is enough to to keep people maybe i'm wrong it's definitely not enough to keep me i will keep an eye on this in a year and see if it's worth returning to but i feel like by then the language and the conversation will be so far gone from me and i'll be playing other things and probably other consoles like yeah. it, what's really interesting to me is i think you both nailed it so i think i'm a little more up on the game than both of you are but i totally see all the criticisms of it both from you and of doug in our review because it is it is two halves of a game that are diametrically opposed to one another yes that's and i was talking to uh, miranda sanchez on our guides team a bit about it and it's like you have this single player first person perspective story solely based aspect of fort tarsus and then you have this outside world where you're supposed to go around a third person action game that you can play alone but is more intended to be played with other other people and everything in one aspect of it doesn't really feel like it gels with the other half but and so as you were both saying neither side then is great as a result of it Mm -hmm. because they've had to split their uh intentions of the development cycle i'm like maybe 10 to 12 hours in i'm liking not the story i think the story is very like macguffin as it could be whatever right. but as i've gotten to basically after every mission i go back and have conversations with every single person in fort tarsus to figure out who i like talking to a little bit more and there have been a few threads that actually have really interested me and i think you do get there are so many like weirdly specific characters that i do think are shaped by the anthem world itself like these characters exist because of this odd world and i think they work really well but that's so opposed from when i go out and i'm shooting a thousand koroxes or wolven or whatever it's this totally different thing and i'm playing exclusively solo so i haven't played with anyone else yeah i'm treating it as like a weirdly single player experience right now it's it's kind of it's sort of not great for that. It could be worse. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But it definitely gets pretty cool when you get like a full squad together. Yeah. Um. Because there are these sort of combo effects where you know one person freezes somebody, another person shoots them, and it's like, it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. I've only been able to do combos by myself like once in a while. It's one of yeah. those weird things. But I I've liked it in that sense of I'm playing it like a maybe an hour or two a night and just playing a little bit and seeing with it. And I think I will stick with it solely because I think the foundation of the gameplay is so good. Like the the locomotion of what you are like as a javelin is so fun. Like every time I launch, I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. Like I, think, I, I so do love that. Aspect the of sort of dichotomy of the first person stuff when you're in Tarsus and when you're flying around as the javelin, I think it makes way more sense than the sort of inverted version of destiny where yeah. destiny's first person when you're out in the world and third person when you're in the social space. Yeah. Right. I think it's actually kind of, it almost suits the sort of form factor of getting into a javelin. Like that, tra- that part where you get in, and it's and you're climbing into the suit that's enough to kind of keep me hooked like i sort of like that element of like it almost feels like sort of role play in that sense where you're like i don't 
like everyone's I, I saw someone complaining like oh like your character customization is it's it's kind of you pick one from the menu it's not really exciting but then you get the javelin customization and it's kind of nuts it's so completely deep. crazy yeah and i'm into that because it feels like oh like the javelin is that's your avatar like you as the as the player there's that sort of separation of like you are a human being engaging with a machine to play this experience and in the game you're a human being engaging with the machine to do the thing within yeah. the story so like there's that I like that a lot yeah. for it. I, I'm taking to it more than I did to Destiny. I bounced on Destiny, and mm-hmm. I loved Bungie games. I played Halo uh, religiously, but like I, I bounced on it after maybe five or six hours. Right. I, I do think what you're saying about that, like the first person is relegated to the more story-related mm-hmm. stuff, and the third person, that's more my action like genre that I prefer. So that may be causing that. Yeah, I really I think that the traversal and sort of locomotion is, is really fun. Yeah. Um, there's definitely parts where I like run into walls or get stuck underwater or something, and it's mm-hmm. annoying. But like I think it's harder to see the edges in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and with, I don't know, but like obviously the comparison is destiny. Like destiny always felt like, Oh, there's a handful of sort of like large sandbox like areas that you're screwing around in. In this case, I'm like, I know there are sort of separate areas and there's high level enemies here and there's parts that are sort of walled off or I can't get to yet. And obviously when you see a little yellow icon that looks like a dungeon awning and you go in there, there's a load screen. It doesn't feel seamless in any sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like the sense that I'm like, if you show me a screen of that world and I'm like, they're like, where can you go? I can't immediately tell you there, there, or there. Like there's a sense of exploration and depth to it. Totally. What I just, what I really dislike is that what you do in this universe or in this world is you fly around and shoot stuff. It's yeah. super period. Yeah. yeah. You can, you can shoot plants and then take the organic material compounds <laughs> from them, but that's about it. You know? Yeah. yeah. No, that's the thing about this game that like we didn't really touch on is that on a technical level, it is like, I'm I'm having lots of issues with it. Like Interesting. the the uh, the frequent loading screens are a pain in the ass. I had uh like a very like sinister sounding hard crash that like booted into what looked like the opening credits of The Simpsons. Like it was just like this <laughs> blue cloud screen, and uh, I had a hard reset my PS4. Like it was, God, it was bad. like yeah, was like weird things like that where things will just get hung up, or you'll have to like replay a thing because it didn't save. I've read stories about people like getting cool like items or drops, and then getting to a checkpoint, and it basically just like booting you out and then you losing what you yeah, got you like, don't get loot until you've completed a mission like right there, there are a hundred little like gameplay elements too of it that can be refined and i think they can refine mm-hmm. but it, it is weird that it seemingly like hasn't learned from the issues that have affected other shared world yeah. shooter games i think even like that when you hit the start button like the I, the ui almost completely drags you out of that universe because it feels like the 360 blades like oh, that old, that old yeah. OS. Those, um, yeah, those those menus are, are kind of a lot. Yeah, yeah it's a- just like stacked folders and icons, and, and it's just like I understand that there's a lot of information for them to parse here, it, but it, it, yeah, it took me longer than it should have to just figure out how to change the color of stuff on my Mac. Yeah, like the fact that there's like pick the pick the material, and then there's like a separate thing to pick the color of the material, and it's yeah. just sort of like it's just a little bit too clunky. Yeah, 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 there's a lot of like little bits and pieces that need to be ironed out. Like I. Uh, was playing and then I bumped out to the main uh, PS4 menu because I needed to like go check on my dog and then I went back and the cutscene just ended like it didn't do that pause thing that a lot of games do and I was mm-hmm. like well I can either restart that mission and replay those 20 minutes or just figure out what happened in the cutscene and like the story's not that complicated so you can figure it out but it's I mean the thing I hate about a lot of EA games is that they feel very much designed by committee um, because yeah. they obviously are making games for a huge audience and they're trying to have like a little bit of everything people like. Uh, but they also usually have all the rough edges kind of sanded off. Like the things that are the things that are loose or broken or don't work aren't 
interesting. They're not in a fun way. Um, occasionally, you'll get like a great like battlefield glitch where like a horse goes through a wall or whatever, and I like that a lot. Um, Which is like Bethesda's awesome at that. Right. They are good at getting if animals that's the thing stuck you in walls. <laughs> yeah, um, like getting a guy's leg stuck in a tree. And yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. Like that. Um, but I mean, it's it's just... There's the jank. Yeah, that's there's the, the, the yeah, jank no, is good. That, I feel like EA has... It's a zest. A considerably, <laughs> like a, a, the, an incrementally wider margin for jank than Activision does. Yep. Like Activision yep. stuff is almost yep. childproof. Yeah. And some people are into that. Like Call of Duty is like, I feel like there are less... There are less systems at work because they want the ones that are at work to be kind of airtight. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, again, you look at the like the leap between sort of Destiny and Anthem is Anthem has a lot more stuff that could go wrong because you're jumping around and flying and and there's there's sort of that there's an entire other dimension of verticality. Yeah. Uh, and I'm into that, but at the same time, they're looking so closely at sort of what everyone else did right in that area that they're not paying attention to what they did wrong. Yeah. It, it's like a corporate level of jank. Like it's not a fun level where we can make a lot of goofs mm-hmm. and fun videos about it it feels like oh they just had this weird miss because so many people had their hands in this i, I mm-hmm. think corporate is a very good word to use to describe a lot of the stuff that's happening in this game yeah where it does feel sort of like weaponized to be a video game that ticks off all the boxes but i don't like i don't what what pisses me off about this game is that it's such an it's it's such an almost there and i feel like there's there's so much there that could be phenomenal and it just like we've all been saying needed another like six months or a year in the oven and i i was in no rush to play this but for a game with a 10-year life cycle like to come out the gate like this is just it's just weird you it's know? disappointing even as someone who is enjoying it it's one of those things where i'm not gonna spend six hours every weekend playing this game to yeah it. it's the thing that i want to check in on and like hopefully help get to that place because i do think it can get to a better interesting place mm-hmm. but i do agree it's going to be six months or so before we get to a real full dramatic change for this game they're uh putting out their new content updates in essentially three month 90 day cycles is yeah. how they're mm-hmm. looking at it do you think will you guys check in maybe after this three month cycle if you're looking to hop off of it are you going to continue a little bit like how are you guys i feel I'll, like i'll check in i mean uh, you and i mm-hmm. both got into battlefront 2 Right, which I think I got into less than I did with Battlefront One, um, which both of those games are you know they have a lot of problems. As as a Star Wars fan, they have problems. As a as a as a gamer, who they have, you know they have problems. They had microtransaction issues and all that. Um, but Battlefront Two has maintained a strong but sort of small community that is like pretty happy with the updates they're getting here and there like Honestly, they're getting yeah they're getting like dooku and anakin yeah. and a bunch of like clone war stuff and, and they just keep going yeah. yeah that was all free dlc yeah so if you if you buy like battlefront 2 for like six dollars or whatever it is on on ps plus sale like that's pretty cool you get all that crap you mm-hmm. probably have to grind a little bit to get it but like whereas the first time around it was like oh you you got battlefront for six dollars okay well if you want to if you want to play as greedo that'll be another six dollars yeah you gotta get the season pass or whatever and i think what's tough for like people like max and i is like we're huge star wars fans and most of what we got out of that game was in the first month and then the the conversation just became so toxic about it and honestly I i had a lot of issues with like a lot of gameplay design problems a lot of the maps a lot of like you know, the rough edges, like you talked about before, that you look for in a game like that. Um, the weirdness of Star Wars, it all felt sanded down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as that game grew, so did my library of PlayStation games and Nintendo games and Xbox games. And so the idea of going back to that for a small drop is not strong enough to keep me there, but I'm happy it's there servicing the audience that's there already. And I feel like that's what's going to happen with Anthem. That was a little walk, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel it's like... Gonna be, it's going to be interesting. I, it's one of those things where it is... 
I don't want to say too big to fail. Uh, it's too big to fail right now. Yeah, yeah. they like, can't let it fail. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's got to be pretty weird. And I'm sure there's some conversations happening about this within the you know hallowed walls of EA or whatever, where just a few months prior to the launch of this massive Destiny killer they've been working on, Activision goes, "Hey, Bungie." You can have Destiny back. We're done with it. Right. And they had a 10-year plan for that. And Bungie's going to continue to support that. And I think that's probably the the best solution for everyone involved there. But, like, what does that tell the folks at, at EA that they've been like, oh, we're going to go after that. This this Golden Goose is going to be great. And they're like, mm-hmm. turns out the Golden Goose only craps silver eggs. You yeah. Know? And you're <laughs> like, is that – what do you want there? You and, know? like, are, are you competing with Destiny or are you competing with Apex Legends? It's not a – PvP thing you know? in that sense, but yeah, I yeah. mean, like, EA is accidentally competing with itself within a two-week span. Yeah, obviously, they clearly did not, I think, expect Apex Legends to be this phenomenon from day one as it has been. But mm-hmm. how do you, on a marketing level, say like, "Hey, this free game that everyone's playing versus the sixty-dollar game that has some issues out of the gate"? Right, That's a and, lot. And like we we said, I believe it last it was last week or the week before. Um, you have that meta score now that is permanently tattooed to you as what your game was at launch. Mm. And some outlets, including us for sure, I know we will, we'll go back and revisit this game over time. We'll adjust our score. I, I'm sure some influencers and YouTubers will as, as well. But ultimately, when you Google Anthem reviews or you Google you know, Anthem and you don't just get Blue Cross Blue Shield stuff, <laughs> uh, you will see this 62% or whatever the number is that will immediately turn off most casual people who just go, Oh, well, I don't want that. I mean, Google, like, it will just bring up, it's like a three out of five stars. And, you know, there'll be two very silhouetted stars that say, don't play this game. Again, to be fair, that's what, and we said this last week, but that's what Destiny 1 was. Like, Destiny 1 came out and got sixes, and everyone kind of wrote it off, and no one really cared. And then they figured out that Peter Dinklage wasn't working, and they (laughs) fixed a lot of the voice and story problems, and they did a killer expansion, and they got people hooked, and, you know, it went up and up and up from there and became a juggernaut. And so, like, I, I think that, like... Like you're right right now, but I I don't think I don't think that everyone forgets that you know like right, no one it, right. like if they kill it with the rest of this roadmap I don't think anyone will even remember that they stumbled. I think, no, but I think, we know that they're oh, sorry. Yeah, no. Like, gonna, scored that, scored yeah. reviews are asinine. I think scored reviews are a sort of a, an outmoded thing. They were introduced in the days of print magazines. Uh, when a video game came in a box and stayed, you know, stayed in a box, it wasn't yep. a thing that got patched and updated. And it things are getting shuffled around. We had a we Fans had a re- be mad at you. Fans <laughs> gonna be mad at you. That's fine. That's okay. I don't know what to tell them. Like the fact is that we've get people. Like I don't know what the interest is in or what the point <clears throat> of getting a Apex Legends score out the door ASAP when it's a free game that came out with no lead time. Well. You know, devil's advocate on that. I will regularly look up reviews for Netflix movies so I can save myself 90 minutes of watching trash. I I mean, I'm I'm, sure. But if there was, you know, a two hour movie versus a video game that is different literally every time you play it is sort of a, you know, false equivalency or whatever. But if you could look up, I don't know what the I don't know what to compare to. But like the the fact that you can just watch somebody playing a round of Anthem or uh, Apex or whatever and just be like, what does the gameplay look like? The raw gameplay. Right. is a concept that was completely incomprehensible at the time when reviews were sort of prototyped for video games. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean... It, well, because we still have to value somebody's time, we have to value their bandwidth, the amount of like resources it takes to go like, this is a 15 gig game, or this is a $60 game. Or, mm-hmm. it's, you know, like Anthem is not a free game, it's 60 sure. bucks. And so sure. I think in, in that regard, there's value to that. And it's also the reader service, and we've experimented with this in the past, people don't want to read 
10 paragraphs. That breaks all of our hearts, obviously, but they just want a number. They want a score. They want to know, like, what out of 10 is, is this? Everyone's tired and they're stressed. Yeah, no, I mean, just... I, I understand that the, sc- the scoring, especially with games, has like a lineage where it yeah. goes back to like high scores and charts, and there's a sort of a numeric, assigning a numerical value to things is, is like that is in the DNA of games. Right. And it's just kind of funny to see it sort of when, like, when we looked at that lineup of games that were coming out that same day as Anthem, and we're like, "Holy crap, it's going to be a Far Cry." We didn't know about Far Cry. Far Cry was a, a slower burn, but like, it was like, "Oh, you know, like Resident Evil and Anthem and uh, Metro are all coming out the same week." That's crazy. And Kingdom Hearts and all these games. And then the fact that Apex kind of scooped in there and was yeah. like, "Hey, twenty-five million players all at once, yeah. surprise!" And we yeah. found out about it like a week before is just uh, that's a lot. That's a lot yeah. to but unpack. I- I think that's because the base game there was so much more solid than the base game you're getting with Anthem mm-hmm. for $60. And that's the thing. They built this this core thing that just fundamentally worked. And I think, like, even look at Minecraft, right? That's another game that's evolved and grown so much over time. We had to adjust our review on that because the original review for that game was, like, there was nothing in that game. It was like, it was like you can build blocks. But the core idea and the gameplay and the loop in that game was fundamentally solid and strong. And I think that that's, that, to me, is what's missing here. And that's where I think, like, it's, that's that big miss right out the gate. And I think had they kept it in for another few months and then been there day one with this thing that just worked fundamentally for everybody, then everything you build on that, mm-hmm. awesome. But if you launch with an 8, regardless of score or not, uh, what feels like an 8, <laughs> um, I think it's a better move than launching with a 6.5, obviously. I, I'm dying to know what happens in the next EA earnings call. When they're like, which, okay, which makes, which is deemed more valuable? The free game that launched that was built on the, on the shoulders of Titanfall 1 and 2, which I think probably underperformed by EA's insane standards, uh, and then turned into a, a, a free-to-play game that people are probably buying loot boxes in. How many they're buying is another question. Does it justify not having a price tag, period, on the game? Or... The sixty dollar Bioware game that had a but year and a half. That's what's so crazy, though. It'll be it'll be like two earnings calls from now, probably or three, because uh, you have that kind of. It, it's what you see in movies a lot, where Anthem, based on pre orders, is probably doing just fine, and then it's going to be this, the weeks after that mm. where it happens. It's like when you see Batman vs Superman open, and it's number one at the box office. It makes a lot of money that first week and has yeah. a lot of impressive numbers. You get to say but then obviously, one movie in yeah, yeah, then it has a seventy percent drop. Yeah, off that and, yeah. yeah, that movie had that dramatic like the yeah, and, and so I think drop. I think the the test for EA is going to be well for all of those sixty dollars pre orders. Maybe that's going to negate what apex legends did in those first two weeks like maybe they break even not having that front cost but six months later when apex legends is still doing really well if anthem isn't that's where i think it's going to be yeah. kind of a, a weird challenge for them yep we'll see it's a, we'll, we'll be tracking this one yeah I, I think yeah. it's a super weird time for a game like this to come out and to not come out in a ultra polished or completely broken state like to come out in a middling state i think we're, we're really like on the cusp of People aren't going to accept that anymore. Yeah, and you guys really made this entire situation awkward for me as the new Anthem community manager, though. Like making me sit through that entire conversation. Should have known better. Yeah. Well, you have some you'll, feedback to bring back to the yeah. guys. Well, like <laughs> Anthem, you'll get better. Mm-hmm. Also, you're joking, right? Yes, very much. <laughs> yeah, that'll get reported on Reddit in five minutes. Uh, please, please put the Anthem in the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, by Good Charlotte. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Like, All right, I appreciate back. your work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apple Orchard has an anthem. Poor <laughs> <laughs> oh, farmers, Brian. <laughs> Please sing it for us. Everyone loves an apple with Andy Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh, I don't know how to move on from that. Uh, obviously, we will be talking about Anthem and Apples and much more to come in the future as that game evolves or things change with it in other ways. We do want to talk about something that is kind of surprising to me and is a weird like capstone for your time here mm-hmm. in yeah. that Dreams is actually sort of finally coming out in an early access form. So this, of course, happened right after we recorded the show last week, but obviously want to mention it. Uh, Dreams is getting an early access version this spring. It's going to be releasing for $29.99. Uh, there are no UK or Australian prices available at the time of the story that was written by our wonderful Joe Scrubbles on our UK team. Uh, but it's going to be the creator early access version. Uh, it's going to create, contain a suite of creation tools and tutorials for using them. It won't have the campaign though, that media molecule is working on. So that aspect won't be there, but a lot of the curation tools, the testing out levels tools, the actual designing of those levels tools will be available for people to purchase. They said sometime this spring, there's like a nebulous window, which obviously means anywhere from March to the beginning of June. So, We'll see when that comes out. Uh, Andrew, we've talked about this before, but like yearly uh, beta delays and release delays of Dreams have been like a part of your career and my yeah, career yeah, yeah. since this game got announced at what the announcement of well, the I mean, PS4 or was it like they, shortly after? They first showed it as like a tech demo, yeah, yeah, like when the PS4 was announced. I think they announced it, announced it at what, E3 2015? Um, I want to say is when it was actually like titled Dreams and got a full reveal. Uh, I mean, I think this is a great thing for them. I kind of wish they had done this a year earlier. Like, I love the idea of putting this out for 20 or 30 bucks, letting people build out the the background, basically. Build mm-hmm. in the catalog of things you can find and select. Build in some of the, the pieces of the world that people can drag into their creations. I think this, this is the best possible thing for this game. I'm just amazed it took them, what, four years? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering why now is the time. Yeah, um, but I, I do, I love the idea of holding off in the campaign. Like, I, I would even have loved to see... Like this seems like the smartest permanent release structure for this game, early access aside, to just yeah. bring out the creation tools. And then if people want to buy a bespoke campaign, that's a great, you know, twenty dollar DLC or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that for B roll of, of this game, you can just show any other game. Yeah, yeah. And we exactly. wouldn't know. Yeah, this yeah. was made in dreams. Speaking <laughs> of, of companies recouping costs of, of development of things, uh what's gonna like what's gonna happen with this? Do you think Sony's gonna allow games to be developed in this that can be sold as standalone things? That, oh. I mean, that is going like, to be such a, a fascinating can of worms if somebody makes a game that is, like, the most popular. Like, let's say Dreams is, like, this runaway success, right? And someone makes a game that everyone loves. It's, like, the permanent top of the charts in Dreams. And then the person who made it is, like, wow, I should make this game as a full game and sell it. Like, I don't know what happens Does there. Does Sony hold the rights yeah, to it in some exactly. way? Yeah, exactly. We were even joking, could we name a game in Dreams as Game of the Year? Like, when the yeah, game came out, like, I if mean, something... Oh, man. Within... Yeah, what happens if somebody makes, like, Geometry Wars in this? Or yeah, Super Mario totally. Brothers. Yeah. And it yeah. just, like, functions perfectly, and then people are buying Dreams to play Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, that's the thing. When Will they, they violate, shut that down? Like, are they going to get cease and desist letters? Because we played, when we had the beta in here the beta, in the office, yeah. uh, Chloe played through, like, a basic... It was not great, but it was a Cuphead remake that yeah. wasn't like one-to-one but it was very obvious using cuphead characters there was also the uh zelda parody that they did That's with right. like off-brand link yeah and we Lark. you know we talked on this show about people recreating pt uh people made dead space people have kind of like found things that probably aren't going to get noticed by copyright holders it, it would be pretty funny to see ea be like hey we're making dead space because they're clearly not yeah but i don't know i don't know what the answer to any of those things are and i don't know if media molecule and sony even know yet you think it's gonna be a ps5 launch title I mean, that's the thing, like, this game launching at this point in the PS4 life cycle, I would assume this has to come to the PS5 in some capacity. Like, well, I mean, to, to give this game yeah. a possible year and a half shelf life. Okay, if, yeah. if launching an early access in spring of 2019 
you know, rumors about consoles coming next year, it, it feels like if they were in early access for a year and a half and then, you know, had their full launch closer to a new hardware cycle, maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. That doesn't seem possible. And I mean, you could um, carry over as much as you want from the the early access version. Like, hey, here are the hundred games you need to play in Dreams sort of there, thing. Yeah. I, wish, I wish that Media Molecule would make a law where they're like, you can only make games that a publisher stopped making within the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can make PT, you can make Monkey Ball. <laughs> like, bring out all the abandoned franchises, and they will live on here. I, I really do think that they would love to have this problem in a weird way. Like, yeah. it, they course, would love yeah. to see the game be popular enough where this even becomes a conversation. Yeah. Uh, I, I really root for them. I really hope that... I hope enough people embrace this and make impressive things that we start to see this game getting talked about a lot. I would love for there to be... You know, maybe a segment on this show talking about dreams levels if it gets to that point. If people are making enough cool stuff, yeah. How do you review this? Yeah, I know. How do you I, review? I was, like, yeah, uh, I would say how well do, do the t- tool sets function? How friendly is the UI? How easy it is? It or is not really easy. Weird, it like, is to if to you're reviewing with it, it, like if you're if you have two people at two outlets reviewing this game and they hit random and they play, I'm gonna play. 35 like fan created things and see how they are and one person gets 35 great ones and one person gets 35 bad right. ones like is that well that, that was like no man's sky right like we all played on different planets at the exact same time and one of us would land on trash garbage planet with <laughs> nothing to do and you like drown from the air yeah and then the rest of us would, I, I would go to like funny tall elephant land you know we're like where the, the trees are con- theme place. yeah and the trees are constantly on fire and it's great it's yeah, it- a really funny thing uh that that idea of i, I guess like that's sort of true of roguelikes or something too or if you have yeah. a really bad experience you just get terrible runs yeah it's yeah. the interesting thing of like this is also a game that they intend uh to have psvr functionality and you can design using the move controllers and like i could only imagine the move controllers being such an easier thing to design with than the controller itself like a dual yeah. shock like i tried designing for i think five minutes in the beta and was like i'm never going to do this because yeah. I, it's so complex and so fully functional can we get mouse and keyboard support i yeah. hope so like, yeah but also like i encourage people we ask a lot of questions on the show and and Every single time there's someone who's like, oh, they answer this on the weekly streams. And like full disclosure, there have been weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of these streams where Media Molecule does get into a lot of this nitty gritty stuff. Unfortunately for us, the reality is I think as much as I would love to cover this game all day, every day, it doesn't really perform for us on the level of like Red Dead or, yeah. or some of the things well, we have. Yeah, to I mean, we joked a couple of weeks ago, but the um, the PT video going around was the best dreams commercial ever made yeah exactly well and and that's kind of what i mean that like i i really do for people who are into this like like go out there and find the wealth of information media molecule has out there because i do think there's more than than we even know yet they've been great about messaging almost everything well maybe maybe you guys can answer this for me is there any sort of gamified tutorial or objections that make it feel like so like to ease you into the training wheels when you tutorial in our yeah it is exhaustively detailed like it it, to the point where it was in the middle of the workday and uh our former coworker chloe rad and i were playing and she's like i don't want to go through all this just let me do it right because it's like there were five different sections, each with like six to ten steps that brought you through every little bit of it. And obviously, when you're at home and playing at your own pace, that's a much more like palatable thing. But yeah, even that doesn't begin to cover the physics interactions and the music right. cues. And like it is watching and actually playing some of the things people made. It is 
absolutely insane what people have already been able to do with yeah. like their rudimentary level of experience. Someone made like an amazing uh, time-based, uh, you could like rewind time and it was a puzzle platformer that you could play through and then alternately someone made a like 2D puzzle game Dude, and then another one like this crazy down skateboarding thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This isn't yeah. a game, this is software. That well, I was going to say, for do, you, a month. do you guys think we're like two or three years away from like buying PlayStation 5 games that have the Made in Dreams logo on the back. Again, in the same way you see what I'm if, saying. Yeah, if is, a million is... people pick up this game and play it, then yes. If you know, like, every, I, we had conversations like this about Project Spark. We had conversations like this, you know, in Minecraft, people made working physics engines and got stuff to happen. Like, no game has been able to be successful enough where that became a real prospect. Well, I would what, love to see it happen here. What if they can circumvent all that by selling the engine? Like if, if people if it basically I mean dreams you, is the engine is yeah the no engine. I mean like yeah. if you li- if you license the rights in the in the same way Unreal Engine works right like mm-hmm. no one goes like oh you know Unreal Engine is my favorite game but they played thousands of games in Unreal Engine well, yeah. and so if this if this is if this isn't like a, a you know a giant consumer success maybe there is an aftermarket there of them saying yeah, because like, and that's too how they recoup yeah, they're releasing a campaign and yeah. it's like you know when that campaign comes out we'll see how they're going to release it but like I don't think it's impossible that if they're really successful creations. Maybe there is a world where they're going to announce some creators program where Media Molecule will contact you and broker a deal and they'll sell well, your campaign. Right, right, right. And the that. crazy thing about this is it's not just they could potentially sell games made in dreams. People can make entire animated series in this. Yeah, you, you can exactly. make a, a full album right. in this. People, like I mean, you could make – like you start with nothing. It, like there are people who are going to be able to figure out how to how to make productivity tools. You can make – you can do anything like – I, I can't imagine the potential, but again, that's only going to happen if people like like for me. I'm never going to make anything impressive in this. I'm going to play other people's stuff. Right. But I, I really well, I'm curious to see how many people pick this up and actually create things. It's sort of like how people made like uh, music machines and Rube Goldberg machines in Super Mario Maker, or yeah. you know, uh, you know, aforementioned Minecraft, where someone made a computer that works with exactly. nodes and everything. Yeah. Um, I think if like again, the core thing has to be there. And then it'll loop in a thousand people. Yeah. But I think I think regardless of what happens, we are in for like a ton of delight in terms of what people will spin out from this. Yeah. Success yeah. or failure, I think enough people will latch onto this that we will get some incredibly cool videos out of and it. And it makes me feel so good that this really feels like an evolution of what Media Molecule has been doing. Like it, it like obviously there's an easy line to draw to Little Big Planet, but if you even look at Tearaway and how creative they were at like using the hardware itself as a platform, like they really think about what they're doing and they really value creativity and they, and they put the creative aspect in the in the palm of the player which is like a really lame cliche way to say that but <laughs> but i really think it's really cool that they are around and that Sony lets them do this and i, I don't think they would be able to function if they weren't a first party studio mm-hmm. so i'm just i'm i'm so excited to see what this ends up being yeah, I think there's a lot of potential to, having just seen what people made in the beta, I think there's so much potential to what people can make in Dreams, and I do hope that it is given enough time and enough awareness as people buy into it for us to be able to highlight those things, and some of that will fall on us to be able to highlight those really cool things. Right. I mean, somebody I, made a first-person shooter in Little Big Planet. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Just like, how did that happen? And yeah. also, that had, like, no infrastructure, and it was sort of pre, pre-ish Minecraft. Yeah. And, and we're at a sort of a post, like, there's a share button on the playstation yeah working right yeah. this is so inherent to that aspect of the ps4 i'm i'm very curious to see how it does and i hope it does well enough to also have a life on the ps5 uh we'll have to see how that does but we know it's coming out this spring we don't know exactly when we'll obviously keep you updated as we find out more uh something happening a little more uh, a little closer than whenever dreams actually comes out uh is the division 2 open beta the division 2 open beta happens this weekend but instead of talking about that game max 
I want you to talk about what Massive is going to be working I on. I am thrilled that the Division 2 is finally <laughs> coming out because once that is out, that means that Ubisoft Massive can start working on Avatar Project, which was announced. That would be really weird if James Cameron was like, I bought the James Bond theme. It is now the theme of Avatar. <laughs> I mean, he announced nine sequels. Yeah. But it's all underwater. They're, uh, so, um, obviously, They're all Avatar, written and filmed. Avatar is a sort of laughing stock as far as movies go because it's they are making five sequels at once. It's an unprecedented amount of sort of pre-production for a thing. Um, Avatar 2 comes out 2020 and Avatar 3 is 2021. Apparently 4 and 5 are sort of TBD, but they're there are scripts out there. They what apparently have all the completed bombs. scripts. It's, it's yeah. so yeah. crazy to right. me. Like, yeah. So this has uh, never been done. Like the crazy. two Matrix sequels got done at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, Return Lord of the, the Rings, Lord of the Rings yeah. got done all in all in one go. Back to the Future 2 and 3. But never four movies. Never four sequels uh, also coming out 10 years after, 11 years after the original, which is bonkers. And a movie that's um, the number one film of all time, to be clear. Like, I mean, I, right. I realize people know that. But just to put it in perspective, like, I... Really encourage you if if you've never looked this up, go to Box Office Mojo and look at Avatar's domestic and worldwide numbers because nothing has come close. Yeah, like yeah. it's not just like number one by a few million; it's it like is, by yeah. miles and miles. Force by Awakens like, and Infinity War are the closest non-James Cameron movies to come right. close. And, and worldwide, they don't. And worldwide, I, I don't even know if they've passed. Like like I don't even think there are things that I don't even think have come within five hundred million. Anyway, yeah. sorry, continue. Yeah, I have <laughs> crazy. numerous Star Wars tattoos. There are Marvel toys all around the office. People love those IPs. You know, Batman has been around since the nineteen thirties. I don't know anybody who loves Avatar. Like I like it because it is an anomaly. It is yeah. it is a pop culture phenomenon. But there, I don't know anybody who's like this is my this is my 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 shit. This is I love Avatar more than anything. Well, because that movie was a ride it wasn't a movie it's like right. you you spent twenty dollars on the the high, most expensive ticket yeah, for it was it. the first right. 3D you, movie i ever you saw sat it, down right. for a movie event which is like the first time they really threw those words around and you sat there and you were enthralled for two hours and you watched this like spectacle of sights and sounds mm-hmm. and then you left and you forgot about chris yeah. and kendra mm-hmm. and jake sully Sullenberger. other names i'm making up because you couldn't actually and no, uh, nope and that guy. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of rides, uh, Disney funneled money into Avatar, uh, even though it was owned by Fox, to put up Land of Avatar, Pandora World of Tomorrow, whatever the hell it's called, the, the theme park In Animal thing. Kingdom. I forgot uh, it was called Pandora. Yeah, Avatown. Since Avatar got put in development, uh, Disney scooped up Fox, so now uh, presumably they're gonna, we're going to see a Walt Disney logo at the front of one of those sequels if they come out. If uh, you go to the theater. Right, if you go to the theater, that's an operative thing. Anyway, what I'm getting at here is there is a game coming out surrounding this. Uh, Ubisoft put out a licensed tie-in 360 PS3 game for the first Avatar movie, uh, which was came out literally uh, almost 10 years ago. There was a free demo for that game. Was there? Yeah, that's how I That's how I, like, I actually played it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it's we a, messed around and it's weird. It's a very generic, like, third-person action platforming shooting game where yeah. you collect... I would say plants or bugs. I don't. It's like a, a little bit eggplants. more. <laughs> and as far as the, you collect the eggplant emoji. So anyway, what <laughs> are, what, what's interesting about we're seeing this sort of this rise of the sort of Navi. of the of the shared world the shared world community shooter whatever the hell it is like these 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 divisions and anthems and and destinies and Fallout seventy sixes, uh, and they have you know a massive launch and then subsequent updates and. Sort of, this is on the sort of tail of the death of the licensed video game, where maybe spending 
four years developing a video game for a movie that took two years to make doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yep. And you either ship something completely broken or you ship something after there's a demand for it because the movie's already out. Uh, with Avatar, if this movie or this game launches alongside, if this comes out like November of 2020 or yeah, next yeah. year, uh, which I feel like is pretty likely, and they're like, hey, there's an Avatar game coming out leading up to the release of Avatar 2. And then Avatar 2 comes out and presumably does decently or bombs or whatever it does, there's going to be a, basically an MMO for it. There's going to be a video game you can go play. I don't know if it's going to be a thing you pay 60 bucks for, a thing that's free to play or what, but they're going to be kind of uh, sort of stringing it between these two movies. And there's going to be Avatar 3 is going to be coming out a year later. And it's the Division team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which could be really interesting uh, because that is not really a game known for like insane over-the-top traversal. Whereas Avatar is like that mm-hmm. is about animal vehicular combat and flying. Well, it's but, but they do have a history one in these open world games, yeah. but like also very meticulously detailed. Yeah. Environments. Yes, yeah, right. I think uh, it could potentially be really cool. Yeah. Also, I mean, Ubisoft has a. They are pretty good at making games where there's incredible traversal in an open world. And, yeah. and climbing and stuff. Lots yep. of parkour. Also, there's and all a that. good chance they're sharing tech with whatever um, uh, Montpellier is doing with. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Mm-hmm. I, I think oh, it's also yeah. going to do... It'll separate itself from a lot of games like this because Avatar at its core is a game about... Or it's a movie about giant cats that bang with their tails. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> I, I didn't expect there. You're not wrong. They I am not have, wrong. They do accurate. have ponytail sex in the old tree. I've they seen that bang with a lot. It. <laughs> yeah. And then they tie their ponytail to the horse and they bang the yep. horse in the brain and then they ride the horse and they get the pterodactyl. Do they bang the horse in the brain? <laughs> yeah, that's what they do with their ponytails. They, oh, they plug their ponytails into the horse to yeah, ride the horse? They do But that. then they plug it into each other for sex? Yes. But is it sex with the horse? Sort of. Stop. So whether know. the game has <laughs> these elements... Uh, I don't yeah, want I, to. It's weird because you look at something like Anthem, which has so much DNA from Avatar in it. You've got this big jungle planet. There's mechs running this around. There's DNA everywhere, if you know what I'm talking oh, about. There. Weirdly oh, enough, oh, they took no. out all the DNA ponytail oh, options, no. which is un- unfitting for a Bioware game. Usually there's all sorts of ponytail stuff you can do in those games. Anyway... I'm excited to see game. what an yeah. Avatar game looks like in 2020. Um, it's going to be probably the most, one of the most ambitious sort of licensed movie tie-in projects we've Oh, yeah, and that's seen. also, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know that it's a coincidence that that is the very heavily rumored launch timing for next gen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think it could be a very interesting new entry, especially in the shared world yeah. shooter or yeah. exploration, whatever sort of genre it ends up being. Uh, also, Massive has their Snowdrop engine, Yep. which they, they've mm-hmm. uh, just talking about like jumping from something like the division to avatar. They really made that engine to be very malleable and uh, change however they need it. Like that is the same engine that is under Mario and Rabbids. It's also what's so crazy. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So that, yeah, that's not shows that we don't it, really know what engines do. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, it's yeah. like EA with frostbite. <laughs> it's like, like anything can be in that game. It's yeah. Yeah. In that engine. Cold, the cold names like snowdrop and frostbite. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We're all the hot engines. Well, I guess Anvil was sort of hot sounding. Uh, like Creation. the Dreams engine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what comes from that. Obviously, we'll have the Division 2 coverage actually on IGN, not necessarily in the last <laughs> 10 minutes of this show. Uh, moving on, we're going to do a bit of a spring check-in next week. Uh, a spring chicken? A spring chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I slurred the word there. Uh, Getting I, a little long in the tooth. I'm no spring chicken anymore. <laughs> uh, I do want to jump to a final trophy test for Andrew. Oh, Okay. Um, we're going to jump to that. Persona so. 5 again. Yeah, no, we're not going to do Persona 5 again. Uh, what we're doing this week is PlayStation. Avatar. 
<laughs> Avatar the 360 game. Uh, PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Ooh, nice. you and loved this game, didn't you? I applied it, yeah. You, you, yeah, so there we so, go. So uh, I'm doing this one a little differently. As opposed right. to a previous trophy test where I've made up different trophy names and descriptions, I've just made up two different trophy names. One is real, one is a made-up one. You have to tell okay. me which of the names is real, but I'll give you the description of the trophy as oh, well. Oh, it's like that, streamlined trophy test. Yeah, that description okay. is the real one. So I have uh, plenty of answers here. I'm going to write down your initials so I remember who answers. A-G. It, B-A. Don't, don't worry about it. M-S. I really okay, like it when you. I can write my answers, but I don't have a pen. I'm do you want a pen? Out. Do you have a pen? No, no, but we can go get you one. That's okay. We don't need to stop the whole show right down. My so blood. No, let's do it. Yeah, I honestly we'll don't even need this paper. I'm holding a pen, but I need the pen. So moving on, I'm going to give you the description of the trophy and then the two titles. I want you to tell me which is the real title. Okay, the first one. The description of the trophy is to perform a level three super with Big Daddy on Columbia. Is the trophy's name either I Chose the Impossible or Our Choices Make Us? Which of those is the real trophy title? I guess the first one. If you, you're like, you have Bioshock memorized. I, I, I would guess the first one. But Saying I, uh, I Chose the Impossible. Yeah. Max, what about you? Yes. Two. One. One. You're saying two? The correct answer is one. Sorry, Brian. Damn it! You should make Max, us pick answer. first because he probably yeah. knows. Every single time. He's jumped I jumped I, I I did this so long ago, but sure. I mean, I know that as an as a uh, Andrew Ryan quote. But I hop yeah. over to Game Scoop. I do twenty questions. I knock it out of the park every time. I come here and it's just debilitating. No respect. <laughs> no respect. <laughs> I do this for you, Brian. Uh, just to bring you down a peg. It's okay. uh, moving on. The next trophy is to complete arcade mode with Cole from Infamous. Is the correct answer? Is the real trophy? Excuse me. Brightest spark or greatest conduit? Which of those is the real trophy name? Two. Greatest spark or greatest Two. conduit? Two. Greatest conduit? Mm-hmm. You're all correct. It's greatest conduit. Oh, I almost changed it to trophy. one at the last second. I'm just going <laughs> to roll with you guys from here on out. Make it totally. <laughs> but then you won't win anyway. Yeah, you'll it's still okay. be one behind. <laughs> Moving on. One behind. Uh, that's the Horizon Zero Dawn sequel. Uh, moving on. The trophy is to complete arcade mode with Fat Princess. Is the trophy title either Cake Please or Let Her Eat Cake? That's hard. Both of those two. things are horrible. Yeah, better be two. That's fast. You can't do that anymore. Wh- which is it? Cake Please or Let Her Eat Cake? They've both said Let Her Eat Cake. Uh, one. Cake Please. You're correct, Brian. Hey. Thank God. Hey. Please. We're tied. Moving on. Complete arcade mode with Dante. Is the true trophy Demon Hunter or Devil Destroyer. I totally forgot Dante was in that game. <laughs> That'd actually be a better trophy quiz. Guess who's in the game. Yeah, yeah. Devil, That'll Devil be a tiebreaker. Isn't Isaac from Dead Fist in that game? Yeah. God, that's weird. So is the correct title Demon Hunter or Devil Destroyer? Devil Destroyer. Max? I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. The one. What number one? One right. behind? I go Demon Hunter. The correct answer is Demon Hunter. Sorry, Brian. Shit. <laughs> Moving on. It, complete arcade mode with Evil Cole. Is the correct answer Demon of Empire City or Devil of Empire City? <laughs> Why do you keep doing this? It's the same thing you did twice. <laughs> yeah, that's yep. like... That was the point. Uh, Brian, is it Demon of Empire City or Devil of Empire City? Demon. Two. Dev- so Devil. 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 It's Demon of Empire City. Nice. They're both demon in the title. Correct. Wait, I got it right that time? You got it right, Brian. Nice. Congratulations. Oh. Moving on. Complete arcade mode Are we with- tied? It is right now, yeah, three across the board. Complete, is this the end? Is no, like, no, this is not the end. Don't worry. Complete arcade <laughs> mode worried. with Nathan Drake. Is it Treasure Hunter or Among Thieves? Ooh. Uh, Brian. Uh, treasure Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Max. 
ASMR. Two to one. One? Number one. Andrew? I, I would, I mean, Monk Thieves is like the easier joke, so, but I would just go with that. Yeah. You're going with the Monk Thieves? Yeah. The correct answer is Treasure Hunter. Yes! Sorry, sorry Andrew, you followed you lose behind. on your last episode, and we you had to listen to Avatar. What a bad week. <laughs> I have two <laughs> <Yeah>. more. <laughs> Complete arcade mode with Parappa. Is it I Gotta Believe? Yes. Or Kick Punch, It's All in the Mind? Ooh. Which Those are two things he says. It is. He says both of these things. So yeah. this is a tough one. <laughs> That's what I'm going to go with the third option, which is getting the bathroom problems at the DMV. That's right. right he does. Yeah. At the end of that game, when you beat the game without missing any of the claps, he, he gets diary at the Actually, DMV. he unlocks the clap. Yep. Because he takes that sunflower. He takes a bite dance. out of that onion's head. I've never <laughs> some of that game. Andrew, how do you feel about <laughs> what the answer uh, is? I would say I got to believe. Yeah, same. Got to believe. Max? Um, Kick punch. It's all in the mind. Brian and Andrew, you are both correct. Oh. Sorry, Max. Final I'm winning. I gotta believe. I'm winning the trophies test. <laughs> final, final question. You're pretending one you're behind. Not one behind. <laughs> so excited. Final question. Bringing it back to Bioshock. Complete arcade mode with Big Daddy. Oh. Is it called Mr. Bubbles or Little Sister Protector? Little Sister Protector, because that's terrible. I think it's that one. It's number two. I think it's Mr. Bubbles because that game had a little bit of a tinge of humor in it. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew. Uh, I'll say Mr. Bubbles. Mr. Bubbles. The correct answer is Mr. Bubbles. Yes! Brian. I won! You've won trophy test. I won! You are the PlayStation All-Star. Yeah. All right. You're the real platinum trophy. That's great. Brian, when you're not winning trophy test, where can people find you online? Uh, I'll be online just trying to work through this hollow feeling I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, catch me on Twitter at Agent Bizzle. I'm also on NBC and a bunch of other stuff here at IGN. And Max, what about you? I'm Max Scoville on most social media platforms. And I go on them sometimes, and that's about it. That's fair enough. And I'm at J.M. Dornbush. And Andrew, since you won't be at IGN, yeah, where can well, people I find you? my microphone yeah. away. Uh, Twitter um, handle Avatar the Game. Yeah. He's yeah. going to be working on Avatar <laughs> over at frostbite.net or whatever. At Little Andy's, Andy's underscore drop. Apple Orchard. <laughs> Sorry, what was that theme song? I forget it. <laughs> apples, <laughs> apples, the king of the tree, the full of seeds, so don't eat the core. Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm on Twitter <laughs> at Garfep. Uh, thank you to everybody who listened to me on the show for a very, very, very long time. I maybe we'll be back. We hope so. I'm not back. working at IGN again, but I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, back at IGN I might eventually get to be on yeah. the show again. So right. We'll uh, Andrew, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Thank you. For so many times on Beyond. And as always, Beyond. 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 Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> Pumpkins, pumpkins, the king of the grove. The, the world's largest apple that you know. <laughs> hey, everyone. If you enjoy Beyond, please check out the new show, Humans Who Make Games. In partnership with IGN, Starburns Audio presents Humans Who Make Games, an intimate conversational podcast with the creators of some of the world's most remarkable games, hosted by comedian and lifelong gamer Adam Conover. Every Wednesday, a new guest joins Adam to talk about the games they've made and the human stories behind them. Humans Who Make Games, available every Wednesday on iTunes.